Cal McNelly here. Welcome to Screening for Meaning. Welcome back, everybody, to Screening for Meaning on Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So excited to be back with you today. It's a very happy episode, and we're talking about Marry Me. That's the name of the movie we're talking about. It has Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Sarah Silverman, and this guy named Maluma. I never heard of him. I guess he's a Latin artist, but he's very good in the film. And it's a pretty interesting story. I would I would say it is a rom-com. And many many of my podcast listeners might say, Cal, Cal, you cannot listen to a rom-com. You are a 23-year-old male. You can't watch this, this type of movie. This is not for you. And I would say, excuse me, excuse me, dear listener, who is very dear to me, but I just... Dude, please do not question the movies I'm watching. This is very interesting. And the cultural commentary is very important. So it is a rom-com. Yeah, I'm watching it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. And I think it actually sheds a bright light on something that's very interesting in our society today. So maybe you should stop being so ju- judgmental of what your favorite podcast and radio host likes to talk about and just listen to what he has to say. Dear listener, of screening for meaning. So again, we're talking about our favorite new film, Marry Me. And it's very interesting because Jennifer Lopez obviously is a popular recording artist today in America. She's been around for a while and has been very successful for a long time. Had a number of big time hits. I think in real life, she's actually married to Ben Affleck, I think. Fact check me on that. But... So there so she is she has a new relationship in real life but she in this movie she's this famous star and she has this relationship with this um Latin uh kind of hip hop type guy and they are going to have this big show and they're going to get married on screen in front of everybody uh at some big sh- at a big TV event a lot of people are going to be there it's supposed to be, you know, blockbuster, whatever. They're going to get married. They have a song called Marry Me. They're going to sing together, take their vows, get married in New York. But it is released before they. she takes the stage to say her vows that her soon-to-be husband, this Latin star, cheated on her with her assistant. Not good. So what happens is she is frustrated with the entire marriage concept with the whole dating scene and it's revealed later that she has had three marriages, which is interesting to talk about. But she has had three marriages, and she decides, you know what? Screw it. I am going to pick a random guy from the crowd, a random person, and he is going to be my new husband. And she does. She, of course, picks Owen Wilson, who happens to be holding a poster that says, Marry Me, during this kind of chaotic scene. And so... The very famous superstar, pop star. Her name is Kat in the in the movie, but she's basically playing Jennifer Lopez. She's Jennifer Lopez is Jennifer Lopez. Whatever. And she picks Owen Wilson. And so then this 
crazy big-time star, rich, wealthy, elite, picks this math teacher, and they kind of have to figure out how their new life is going to work together. You know, he's they, they don't live the same way. And I think, and I, and I was watching this movie, and they're, you know, it, when that happened, it kind of took me out of it, to be quite honest. Because we all know, in real life, that would never happen. Even if a star is extremely tired of the dating scene, or, you know, just got their heart broken, or did this, you know, or someone treated them unfairly, they would never act in a way that, you know, would jeopardize their personal well-being and their wealth and perhaps their star status in such a way on national TV. It doesn't seem like that would be something that would happen. And then some of my viewers would say, well, what about Will Smith? And I would say, okay, point taken. But most of the time, most of the time, this will not happen. And so it kind of took me out of it. It didn't feel quite real because it was so crazy. But I guess that's kind of the point, right? You know, they're going to, they don't have anything in common. And then they fall in love. And that's kind of like the theme this movie was going for. I got it. But I just thought, what a crazy thing. We're, having, we're, we're doing, talking about marriage, right? Which is perhaps one of the most important, if not the most important institution in society, full stop, right? Every time ever, marriage has been something that humans have sought out and desired because it has been proven to be something that's good for the individual, the pair and the society as a whole. It's a good thing all around. There's no downside. It's a, it's a healthy, good thing. It's a way to structure society. It gives order. And it makes everybody know kind of where everyone's at. It's a good thing. It's kind of a natural progression, right? You move away from your home and you start your own family. With who? Another person of the opposite sex. And you have a marriage. That's a good thing. Everybody likes that. But now in this movie that they want us to believe is real, that could happen conceivably, that a superstar would get married with a random Joe from the audience. They want us to believe that could happen. And I thought, well, that seems kind of crazy. But also, it is the current year, and people don't seem to really have that much respect for marriage anymore. In fact, I, I think maybe marriage may be at all-time low in respect. I don't feel like people ha- hold it up in the same way they do anymore. But at, at the same time, They love the idea of love and a kind of eternal bond between people. They love the idea, but they don't like the marriage. It's it's so interesting, and I kind of wanted to flesh it out a little bit. So for context, before the Marry Me show in the movie, before the marriage ceremony, there's a song that J-Lo sings, playing Cat. I think it's called Church or something, and it it is the most blasphemous... I thought it was very disgusting. I almost, to be honest, I almost turned off the movie here and picked something else during this time because it was so vile. They had, she had J-Lo dancing around, basically nude. And then her backup dancers were basically nude nuns, except so they had just basically no clothing on. They were like a, a band or something over their body parts, whatever they are. And, and, and the, the hood, like a nun. And then they had some male dancers with the priest's collar. Again, basically no clothes except for those things. And then they put some kind of stained glass window light behind them. And then she was wearing basically nothing except for like a jeweled cross over the very important, you know, the privates, I guess, if I can say that. And she was crossing herself and singing about how 
this person makes her feel like she's in church as part of the dance. And I thought it was so scandalous and terrible. I was, I was so disgusted. Because, ironically, she is going to defame the church five minutes before she's about to get married. And what institution kind of sets up the marriage or has been the way people got married for a very long time? Oh, the church. Interesting. So she wants to disparage the one part of marriage, but wants to accept the other and invite the entire country and world into her ceremony, into the marriage. She hates, she is it was totally willing to throw out the institution that makes marriages happen, but wants to totally lift it up and make it this beautiful spectacle of the marriage itself. It's so interesting. And this is kind of a theme that goes on throughout the movie, right? So she has had three divorces. She had, has been in three previous marriages. One, she says in the movie, only lasting 24 hours. But then she is totally willing to go along with this random guy and willing to try out true love just one more time. It, it's, so, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And I think our society as a whole does this. We love the idea of falling in love. We desperately want everywhere, every song, clothing, movies, shows, even podcasts or radio shows. Everybody wants talks about love and finding the one and finding someone who you want to spend the rest of your life with and maybe raise a family with. Dating apps are used by everybody. Everybody loves this stuff and wants to find a person they have a real connection with. Everybody wants that so badly. But they're unwilling to do the, and use the institution that has been around for generations, for hundreds and hundreds of years to make that happen. I want to find the person I love so much and then when I find them, I'm just going to live together and we'll split our rent and we'll combine our finances, but I don't want to get married. I can't. What if what, I might want to leave maybe or you know, if we get married, maybe we could just divorce and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It, it's so funny. We understand that we as humans need this thing. We want this connection in the worst way in the worst way, and we're willing to do really dumb things to make it happen and to find that person. We're willing to put a little profile of ourselves on some app for strangers to look at. We put little facts about themselves. ourselves. I love baking, and I love going on long walks on the beach. It's like a meme because we put up this dumb stuff on these apps as if in a hope that we pray that Oh, oh my gosh, I hope someone who really cares about me will see this and then they will swipe up and then they will want to message me and we can go on a date and then maybe we'll fall in love. But, oh, I don't know about marriage. Ugh. No, I, I probably shouldn't. It's so expensive. And then I don't, you know, what if I want to leave? It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I think the absolute state of our society is put on it's full display here. And so I think it's, I think it's totally totally representative of how we view marriage today. And so I think that's worth talking about. And it, if, if this is what our society is like, this is what we think about marriage. You have to, you have to know what we think about marriage. Obviously, if you want to change it, if you don't like that, if that doesn't sound super appealing to you, it doesn't sound like something that's an amazing, an amazing thing that we as society have decided to be. At least, if you want to change it, you have to know what it is. And so I think a, a movie like this is interesting because it puts it in right in front of your face and makes you deal with it. And so for that reason, I think it's a good movie to take a peek at this type of thing. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Cal McNelly, and this is Screening for Meaning. 
And other parts of this movie, Marry Me, that I want to talk about, and it's kind of obvious in the movie because this is one of the central themes. But again, I think something that is very important to our society today. And one of the things, and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, that makes this movie not really believable to me. I didn't really, I never bought it, right? Because this superstar megastar, her name is Kat, but it's, it's basically Jennifer Lopez. And she, this, with this crazy staff, this beautiful house, she's going on TV shows, Owen Wilson's character comments, and I think it's so true, at one point in the movie, basically everything in your life is sponsored. And it was like, yeah. She is. She doesn't, she doesn't do anything herself. It's all her schedulers, her assistants. They buy her tickets. They don't. She doesn't know how to unlock a door. That's one of the plot devices. So she breaks a window. She doesn't know how to buy a plane ticket. She doesn't know the rules around buying a plane ticket. She can't. She doesn't like drive. She doesn't know how to use like the, the like that. She she basically tells the limo driver to go somewhere, and they're like, "That's not your limo. You can't just do that." But she does it anyways. But it's so it's so interesting because she lives this superstar pop star lives a completely different life than the math teacher in Brooklyn. They're both in the same city, right? Not in the same income bracket. Both in the same pretty vicinity area, but their lives are completely different. And then when they are forced to come in contact, it's a culture shock. He can't, he, Owen, Owen Wilson's character, when he gets, his name in the movie is um, Charlie. Charlie, but I like saying Owen Wilson because I like talking about Owen Wilson. But he gets up there and it, it's so awkward because she is very used to this life of a camera being always in her face someone always telling her where to go, what to eat, what to wear, bring her things to try on. And he is not. He, he, it's weird for him. And I think for a lot of us in our lifetime, if we come in contact with someone who is, you know, of this kind of group that we have no access to, up or down, right? So if, you, if you're someone who's pretty wealthy and you come in contact with someone who doesn't live the way you live or vice versa, it is a culture shock. It is something that is like, whoa, you know, this is an American. This is someone who votes in the same elections I do, gets the license plate from the same BMV, but man, we're living two different lives. We don't, I don't, I, I can't talk to you about the shows I watch or the clothes I wear or my interests or what I've been watching of late because it's, it's completely different. And what, what kind of, what kind of is beautiful about the movie is it forces both of the two people in the in the surprise random marriage, Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez, to kind of figure each other out. They have to look into each other, see what their individual problems are. The math teacher has to look at the superstar pop star and see, okay, what's, what are you struggling with? And the same, she has to do the same to him. And they kind of have to figure out each other's worlds. And that's part of the drama in the movie is they don't quite understand each other and they can do things that get her interesting to the other because they've never seen anything like that. She, she's never heard his dumb jokes because no one around her is willing to say corny jokes. And she is very into dancing and being creative, but he's a math teacher. He doesn't get that stuff. He doesn't, when, when she comes into his math class and starts teaching his students to dance, he, he has to stand up in the corner because he doesn't get it. That's not his world. He's never been in that situation. And so this, that's kind of an interesting thing. And I think what this is talking about on a broader cultural level is, even if we're not going to get married 
the upper classes and the lower classes. The people who go to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, they're probably not marrying people who go to the local community college to get their teaching certificate to teach at a small public school. They're probably not marrying each other. But I think as a society, as a country, and I guess as a world, but I don't know the whole world. I'm just talking about America. I'm from America, by the way. I think we need to find ways and foster ways that the upper class and these people who have a lot of money or prestige or fame or all three are forced to interact and not by a gun, of course, but have some incentive to talk to and take care of and look after and understand at the bare minimum the people around them who don't have the same wealth, privilege, fame, you know, I'm not a Marxist. I don't believe in this whole class way of looking at the world. But it is true that there are certain tastes and things that kind of insulate certain groups of people from other groups of people, right? Most very wealthy people, they might not go to the library to find a book. Maybe they'll just order the book or have someone go get it for them. Or, you know, or, or there's some other way, just like as a silly example. And so... Maybe they don't go to the gas station because they have an electric car. Whatever it is, there needs to be some way, there has to be some kind of shared institution, shared trusted person, shared trusted source, shared sense of entertainment, and, and like I said, some kind of understanding about what the people who are not like you think. And that's the same for the people who are low. They have to understand what the people above them are think, thinking, what's their motivations, why they are doing the things that they're doing. And even if you're someone from a lower class, you don't understand always what someone who is wealthy is doing and why they are doing it. You should know what is their general motivation in life? What do they really care about? And that might tell you a little bit about, more about what that person from the upper class wants to do. And I think right now, a lot of our problems in our country today come from there is a total lack of those types of things. People look at, look up and look down and see someone completely different than themselves. And also what that does is over time, if you're completely different than me, I don't care about you as much because you're not like me. You don't think the th same way I do. And eventually they'll become an enemy. And that is incredibly dangerous, especially for somewhere like the United States where we have a democracy, a republic, because we are forced to kind of talk about these issues that affect everyone. But if we have no ground level understanding of what someone kind of unlike us is thinking or what makes them tick, then how can we have any kind of real debate or common good, like a lot of people like to throw that term around, we can't have those type of things because I don't know what your good is. I don't know what makes you excited or angry or what you think just policy looks like. I don't know what those things are. So I'm just going to basically act off my own self-interest. The people around me who I interact with, how I interact with, how they think, that's how I'm going to assume everybody does because I've never seen, never understood those type of things. So I think if there's something to chew on from this movie... And, and it's not marriage. I don't think the movie is saying pe rich people should marry poor people. That's how it should be. This is the best solution for our society. No, the movie's obviously not saying that. And I don't think Jennifer Lopez is going to marry random math teachers from New York. It's not going to happen. Don't hold your breath. But I do think there are ways 
and I'm not 100% sure what would work, and I think it hasn't been done in a while, so I think that we're a little bit rusty on it, but a politician or a leader has to get serious about finding ways to share things of cultural value in the country. They have to find ways to find to promote institutions that have a chance of doing that because otherwise we're going to continue to see this terrible division and animosity towards different groups of people we see in the United States today. We have to change. And it can be done. I'm hopeful about it. But we just have to be, we just have to be serious about it and think about it in a real, tactful, solid way. And I think we will. And I'm really looking forward to that day when it comes. And I'm also really looking forward to being with you again next week. Another exciting movie for you here on Hillsdale 101.7 FM for Screening for Meaning with Cal McNally. I'm so excited for you to join us again, and I hope you will. Thank you so much for your kind comments and your follow-up and feedback. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm Cal McNally, and this is Screening for Meaning. (laughs) 